Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Hey, welcome, folks. You know what? I keep saying, uh, and I received many, many emails and letters after last week's show, uh, more than I've ever ever had. I think we're we're up to thirty-one thousand unread emails, um, and so I'm I'm really trying to do better with that. Uh, I sit there all different times of the day and in the evening, trying to just click on them. You know, about the show, comment. By the way, this is the Ninja Pastor, uh, Doctor Sean Greener. Um, and uh, this is the collision of faith and politics. In case you didn't know, somebody somebody just signed you in and you didn't know. You were just all of a sudden it's in your ear. I want you to know where you are. Uh, but but one of the one of the letters I got, one of the comments I got last week was, "Hey, you keep saying welcome America, uh, but actually we have a, a pretty strong audience all around the world. We have people in France, uh, we have people in Belgium, some Swiss folks, uh, Germany is pretty strong. Uh, we've got people in Afghanistan." Oddly enough, uh, they're military people, but uh, people all over, all over, all over the world. So I'm honored by that. That really makes me feel good. So, yeah, this is the Ninja Pastor. This is Dr. Sean Greener, the Reverend Dr. Sean Greener. The Reverend does not make me perfect. Believe you me, you have net, you've never met a less perfect, uh, banged up human being than me. Um, I'm number one. So, uh, but today what's really killing America and Europe, you know, we're really, really fortunate. I, you guys know, I talk about my alma mater all the time and I, I really, 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 uh, I have to say, uh, Dr. Fry is the president and founder of masters and one of the greatest people I've ever known. Let me see if I can, hopefully I'm not blasting you guys. We had we had the game turned up a little bit, so hopefully that's better. We have some listeners sending us messages, letting us know. Hey, so uh, anyway, sorry about that. I don't want to don't want to blast anybody. So uh, anyway, suffice it to say, Doctor Fry, you're, you're going to love this guy. He's going to be on today. Um, he he uh, he's like no other. I mean, he really really is awesome. And we're going to talk about an article uh, that he wrote. Um, the title of today's show is "Do You Know What's Killing Americans and Europeans?" Now, I'm not saying it's only Americans and Europeans are being killed by this, uh, but I'm saying that ultimately it, it comes down to this. All around the world, all around the world, we have people who, for whatever reason, you know, they don't want to listen to the truth. They don't want to see the truth. The people in Venezuela, they didn't want to see the truth. 
you know, that's why Gold Rush Ninja is so important. GoldRushNinja.com is so important. I'm, I'm a huge believer in uh, using high-quality, pure gold as a uh, hedge against inflation. And also when you're dealing with corrupt countries, uh, food supplies disappear, the ability to purchase things goes away because the currency is worth nothing. So goldrushninja.com, if you, if you happen to think of that. Um, but the question is, do you know what's killing Americans and Europeans? Do you know what's killing America and Europe? Do you? Look, in today's episode, I'm just going to tell you, I'm gonna, this is going to blow your mind. Today's episode is going to blow your mind. I don't normally say that, but today's, I, I think, will. I'm not insured for that. So, you know, suing me will get you nowhere, but um, I'll give you a high five, something like that. I mean, if you still can with a blown mind, maybe you just lose your ability to do a high five. I don't know which. And in this show today, not that I ever am, but this show especially, I'm not going to be politically correct. I'm not going to hold back the truth from you. Uh, really and truly, I, I think it could be best described as I'm going to be relentless and I'm going to be unstoppable. And I'm glad you tuned in because I'm going I'm to give you some really powerful tools to deal with the enemies of your freedom. You've got to understand your freedom is under attack. Your liberty is under attack. Your way of life, how you live day in and day out. Welcome to Jerry from Pennsylvania. Welcome to our guests in chat. By the way, chat is open. Thank you so much for joining us. But the topics today, I, I need to just tell you in, in, fair, in, in fair warning, I need to tell you that, hey, you know what, um, I just, they're controversial. They're controversial. They, uh, stuff that's going on in this country is just, you know, people do stuff and they don't, they're, they're not doing anything wrong. You know, black labs matter. You remember that? The white lab, you know, I think it was yellow actually. Uh, but that's racist that I called a yellow lab a white lab. You know, why, why I got to do that? And then a black lab and then a the little sign around their necks is, Black labs matter. All labs matter. You know, a little sign. And people think that's racist. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. White people don't think it's racist. Black lives matter. People think it's racist. Um, and then there's, I'm going to talk today about black olives matter. There's a, there's an Italian restaurant and uh, I'm going to tell you all about it. And, and they, they, they have a promotion that they're doing black olives matter. And they do this thing. <coughs> I think it's kind of cool, frankly. Um, I think it's funny. I don't think it's at all disrespectful. And look, Black Lives Matter, they don't deserve our respect, not even remotely. They are a terrorist criminal syndicate. They, they, are, they are criminals in every way. And so they don't deserve our respect. And, and I'm not going to give them that. They haven't earned it. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you're right, Jerry, liberals can't take a joke. They're, they're only angry all the time. And um, I think they're angry because they smell bad because they, they really are. If you ever notice the, the deodorant and grooming and it's not real big to them, except for the, 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 the dudes with the man buns and the skinny jeans and all that crap. That's, I think that's just weird on either side of the aisle. But uh, anyway, so, you know, you just need to understand a couple of things. I'm, I'm going to just lay it out for you. And, and I don't know if you'll laugh about it. I, I chuckled at first and I said, wait a second, what are you laughing about? Black Olives Matter and this guy, you know, it's obviously a an Italian restaurant. They're talking about their pizza. They put black olives on. There's some kind of tempanade they put on there. I think that's what it's called. And they use black olives for it. It's a special thing. And I, I think it's hilarious, number one. But I also think that it is, um, I think it's very telling. 
and it's very sad. So anyway, just to remind you, our special guest today, I think he comes on at about 4.30. He'll call in, Dr. Dennis D. Fry. He wrote, he wrote an article, I got to tell you, it's just, it's banging. It's so good. It's so good. And it cuts to the chase in this political crime. And, and listen, I'm just going to apologize in advance. You know, normally when I have guests on, they can be on for really as long as they want. Uh, and I would have Dr. Fry on for the whole show, but he's got a, he has an, a, um, he's got to teach a class, I think. Uh, and so he can only be on for about, I think, 15 to 30 minutes. Um, so, you know, that's cool. Uh, I'm just, you know, fair warning, the topics today, the third rail, uh, and, and I'm in fairness to you, I don't think anybody really wants to expose this. I don't think the national press, the mainstream media, any of that, I don't think they want to expose this. I don't think they want to believe it's true, but they all know it's true. You know, people on the, on the left, the people in power, they know they're lying. They know it's just a look. Hillary Clinton doesn't like black people. She's never liked black people. Her hero is Margaret Sanger, folks. Margaret Sanger invented the 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 whole uh, idea, the 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 whole notion of Planned Parenthood to get rid of black people. That's solely and exclusively what it was for. And so you know that's her that's her idol. I mean she's. And so, but but black people and liberals, you know, the followers, they don't know. They don't know the truth. Uh, they just believe what they're told. They're sheep and they just go on and they do their thing. And half the time they don't know anything. I'm going to talk today about ISIS. You know, it's interesting to me. Most of these ISIS people have not even a modicum of knowledge of the Quran, what's in it. Uh, they don't know hardly anything about Islam. So it's it's one of those funny things. It's just it, it'll blow your mind. It's today's the first day of the rest of your life, man. You're going to start off with a blown mind. So tell your friends if you can text them, if you can Facebook them, social media, you know, whatever, whatever way you do it, you know, send the word out, get them on and, and they'll be blessed by it. So my buddy, Jerry, Jerry from PA, he helps me out a lot with research and uh, he's very, uh, he's discerning. He's very, very discerning. And he's, so he doesn't just send me anything, just anything and everything. And he doesn't always send me stuff that supports what I believe. Um, he sends me stuff that challenges my thinking, and I really appreciate it. He's a great, great, uh, one of my very best friends ever in my life, and certainly an unreal friend of the show. So th this article is filed under the achievements of Hillary Clinton. Out of 92 paychecks, totaling more than 21,700,000 let me say that number again. Out of the 92 paychecks totaling $21,700,000, only about six of those checks are less than $225,000. But she's going to crack down on Wall Street. She's going to make sure, make sure millionaires pay their fair share of taxes. This is a woman standing up there lying to everyone who, who, who will listen to her. She does nothing but lie, and she's telling you she is a person. I'm for you. We're together. When I left the White House, we were broke. We were, in fact, we were in debt, which is not true in and of itself, even if she didn't get all these checks, but she did. It was a big fat lie. But I want you to do the math on that. 92 paychecks totaling more than $21,700,000. Only about six of them are less than $225,000. They're giant checks to give uh, to give um, a thirty minute speech. Look, I I do speeches all over the country. I guarantee I don't charge two twenty five. 
you know, our starting thing is right around $1,500. I've given free speeches, um, but, but, you know, I can't eat free speeches unless they feed me. And if they're only feeding me, that's a one-time deal. It'll make me last a, a few more hours anyway. But this is what I do. So I have no, you know, you'll be glad you invite me there and you, you'll see. It's, uh, it's good stuff. I always try to do good stuff. So I, I want you to understand what's being said here. It, it, it's not just simply a math problem. It is, it is an enormous issue of, remember what I said just a few minutes ago, this, this woman, she doesn't believe anything she says. She doesn't believe anything she says. She's got an agenda. It's evil. It's disgusting. Um, and, uh, Oh, yeah. Hillary didn't charge the DNC for speaking at their convention, although her costs were covered, just so you know. Um, but this is the same woman says, look, I'm going to go into Wall Street. I'm going to clean house and I'm going to make sure millionaires pay their fair share of taxes. And, you know, that's an easy thing for her to kind of chip on. Primarily because, you know, she the gist of it here is this is a woman who. For whatever reason people believe her. And I, I am astounded actually that anyone would believe her. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, I just can't believe anybody would believe her. She, her speeches are horrible. First of all, paying her that much money for speeches is ridiculous. But when she says, you know, I'm going to crack down on millionaires and make them pay their fair share of taxes. Well, you know who she's talking about, except he's a billionaire. She's intimating that, look, this guy doesn't share his tax returns. I bet you he doesn't pay his taxes. He's the guy who's getting over on you, and he says he's going to help you. Meanwhile, this is the same woman who lied about everything. She lies about lies. Look, truthfulness to the core is key. Truthfulness to the core is key. You, you Look, you, it's, it's pertinent and critical in relationships. It's pertinent and critical uh, in, in every facet of life. And this woman, most of her speeches were 20 to 30 minutes, you understand. They weren't an hour or two hours. 20 to 30 minutes. And then you had to, there was, you know, really strong stipulations as to how many books she'll sign, how many, a minimum number of books that have to be sold. And if you don't sell them, then you buy them, whoever the ordinance, you buy them. Uh, because her book didn't sell, didn't sell very well. So those are called riders. And there was a lot of things that, you know, it was ridiculous. So she got huge money to do it. And then she got all, all this other stuff too. But here's the thing. If you tell a lie, you tell a big enough lie often enough, stupid people will believe you. And people don't understand that nothing could be, nothing in this could be uh, pay to play. Come on. There's a full list of it. I'll put it on, I'll put it up on uh, the ninjapastor.com. 92 paychecks collected. We have, we have a record of that between 2013 and 2015. It's in the Federalist Papers. If you go there, uh, type in Hillary Clinton's right there. Uh, but thank you again to Jerry for, uh, from PA for doing this. Yeah. Give me your money and I'll repay when I'm in office. So the media is going nuts that Hillary Clinton took uh, three big paychecks for three speeches at Goldman Sachs at 225, 225,000 a pop. That's pretty good scratch, but it's just the tip of the iceberg. She's been very, very busy raking in millions in a three-year stretch of time since she left her post as secretary of state. Now, what's her defense? Varies from, look, this is what they offered me, to the hilarious, I happen to think we need more conversations about what's going on in the world. Pricey conversations indeed. $21.7 million. I, do you, 
That's $10,000 a minute. Thank you, Jerry. It's $10,000 a minute. What, what in the world could she possibly ever, 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 ever promise these people in that space of time to get that kind of money? But what, what advice did she give to Deutsche Bank, Cisco, Council of Insurance Agents? What did she tell eBay for Pete's sake? How about the American Camp Camping Association? Why on earth would the American Camping Association pay this woman $260,000 to hear from her? Do you think she's ever been camping? No. Come on, don't be stupid. Look, I go through life being ugly, but there's nothing worse than going through life stupid. Hey, uh, Edward Ed Mezvinsky. You ever hear that guy? You ever hear him? Ever? He's born in 1937. You'll probably say, who is this guy? Ed Mezvinsky. Who is this dude? Well, he's a former Democrat congressman who represented Iowa's first congressional district. Now, this is Iowa, right? This is Iowa. That's harmless, right? Iowa's a great place. I have great friends, J.P. Richardson and his family, great family. He's there. Good friend. Ah, by the way, I'm drinking watermelon water. I'm trying to lose weight, trying to be healthful. You know, all that. But my buddy JP there, he couldn't ask for a more honest guy. You couldn't ask for better people. Iowa people, great people. So this Iowa guy, you say, well, it can't be that bad, right? The caveat is he's a he's a former Democrat congressman. He represented Iowa's first congressional district in the United States House. He was two terms, 73 to 77. He sat on the House Judiciary Committee. He decided the rate, uh, he, he was involved in deciding the fate of uh, Richard Nixon. And he was outspoken. He said that Nixon was a crook. He said he was a disgrace of politics, a nation, uh, everything. He should be impeached. This is what we should do. He and the Clintons were friends, by the way, very politically intertwined for many, many years. And Ed Misvinsky had an affair with NBC News reporter Marjorie Sue Margolis. And he, and he married her after uh, his wife divorced him. And the story doesn't end there. In... 1993, Marjorie Margolis Mezvinsky. Now, you probably remember that, that name. She was a freshman Democrat in 1993. She cast a deciding vote that got Bill Clinton's controversial tax package through the House of Representatives. In March 2001, Mezvinsky was indicted and later pled guilty to 31 of 69 counts of bank fraud, mail fraud, and wire fraud. Did you catch that? Ed Mezvinsky embezzled more than $10 million from people via both a Ponzi scheme and, and this is going to blow your mind, but through, you know, that Nigerian email thing, this dude was behind it. One of the people behind it. Can you believe that? I mean, that's just unbelievable. Now he was found guilty and he was sentenced to 80 months in federal prison. And after serving less than five years, he was released in April, 2008, and he remains on federal probation to this day. Now this is going to tick you off to this day. To this day, he still owes $9.4 million in restitution to his victims. Well, maybe maybe right now you're saying, so what? That's no big deal. I don't care about that dude. Somebody should make him pay, just like uh, Al Sharpton. You know, they should make him pay. Been to the White House 180-some times. It's just pay. Have somebody meet him there. Say, well, you're going to jail if you don't pay up. He's got the money. So this guy, yeah, we should make him pay. I mean, so what? Let's make him pay. But 
So how about thinking it was Mezvinsky that helped Clinton set up their phony foundation to swindle hundreds of millions of dollars from countries in the Clinton Foundation? He helped them set this up. And there's a picture uh, out there of Mark and Chelsea. Ready? Mezvinsky. Mark and Chelsea. Mezvinsky. Ed Mezvinsky is Chelsea Clinton's father-in-law. Now, Mark and Chelsea, they're in their early 30s, right? They haven't really done anything. Of course, she gets out of school. She gets a $600,000 a year. I think it was $600,000. Maybe it's more than that. First job, you know, and she was horrible, by the way. It's just horrible. So what they do, they're in their 30s, early 30s, really. They purchase a $10.5 million New York City apartment after being married in George Soros's mansion. Now, can you believe that? Can you believe it? Because I really, I'll tell you the truth, I really can. I, it just blows my mind. Now, the question is, has anybody, anyone, has anybody out there heard any of this any mention of it in any of the media, anywhere. Now, look, if this was Jenna or Barbara Bush's or, or, or okay, here's one for you. It just says in the article here, and I, I love it. What if it was Sarah Palin's daughter's father-in-law was Ed Mezvinsky, the crook that got, he's still on federal probation and, and he got, you, you hear what I'm saying. Are you with me on this? I th think you are. I think you're following me. It would be, it would be in the news over and over and over. It would be, you'd never hear the end of it, folks. You'd never hear the end of it. Not ever. You see what I'm saying? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? That's just the deal. And you've got to put two and two, look, look, we don't have to argue about this. We don't have to fight. We don't have, we don't have to be at odds with each other. We just got to deal with truth, you know? You know, that's what we've got to do. We've got to deal with truth. And if we don't do with that, if we don't, if we don't deal with the truth, I, what are we going to do, man? What are we going to do? Look, you look at any of this and you have to s conclude several things. One of them is, all right, we know there's a double standard. We know the media is bought and sold. We know this. We know this. Come on. But let's get over that part. Let's get over the whining over that. Well, you're not fair to us. Well, let's be our own big media. Let's make our own big media. There's this little thing called the internet. Now I see people on the Facebook all the time. Uh, they 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 hear something that for whatever reason is um, it, it takes them off. Maybe they're maybe they're a Trump. And I know people like this. They're a never Trumper or they're a, a, a you know still the a Cruz person or, or never Hillary, whatever they get in big fights, these big, big fights. And, uh, somebody posts something they don't like. And immediately, well, that's right. I, unf I unfriended that guy. I, I made a post, uh, on, on one of my good friends. Uh, he's a good guy. Doug is a great, great guy. Uh, but he's very passionate and I respect his passion. And so he unfriended a guy and, and he posted on there. And I said, you know, um, I just said, hey, you know, this is part of the problem. We can't, we can't create a vacuum. We can't live within a vacuum because then we, we're unrealistic. You know, we're unrealistic in, in our, uh, how we do what we do. And we can't be like that. We can't, 
can't create a vacuum. Now, if you have somebody, um, I got friended by, uh, I think it was a pastor, a pastor or a friend or whatever, or follow me or something. I don't remember what, but you know, I have like 900 and some friend requests and I have 5,000 friends. So I go through and delete people. Uh, I don't like to, um, I don't like to have any pictures on my Facebook that would be offensive. Like if somebody's profile picture, if you got your, your gear hanging out, you know, if you're a woman, you got your gear hanging out, you're a dude and you're all, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want it at all. And it takes me a while. Sometimes, you know, you friend people, uh, you, you friend people that are, Somehow or another, they they get through your fences. They get through, they sneak through, you know, they sneak through your wires. And then you go back and you say, hey, you know what? I don't want somebody, you know, dress like that, you know, dress how you want. But I, I don't I don't want that. Uh, you go through and you see it and I delete it. And I do that all the time. I do it all the time. But we can't create a vacuum. Uh, sometimes, you know, I use Facebook for um, what I do. It's it's how I circulate my brand. It's, it's, it's just what I do. But the fact of the matter is, is this, and, and this is something we, you know, it has to be, it has to be, um, it, it just has to be, we have some people trying to get into the show that are having trouble. Um, I would say, get all the way out, clear out your cash and then try, go back in. If you're, if you're, if somehow or another you're hearing just this and whatever, but sometimes we have that problem. We didn't have that problem too bad last week, but you know, just keep trying and thank you for your patience. Um, but the point, the point I'm trying to make here, and, and, I, and it's an important point, I think, um, I really believe that we, we, we have to get mature about this, whether, look, whether you think that. Uh, never voting, not voting for Trump under any circumstances is the answer. I respect that. I don't like it, but I respect it because you have a right to have, you, you have a right to this. You, you have a right to feel how you feel. You do. You do. I, I, uh, I, I respect it. I, I don't like it, but I respect it. I don't ever join those, by the way, those never groups, never Trump, never this, never that. I, I don't, I don't care for them. I, I really, really don't. I don't care for those groups. I like never Hillary because we can never have Hillary. There's no redeeming characteristic of Hillary Clinton. She's as evil as they come. She's probably the most evil person I've ever run across. She will be a hundred thousand times worse than Donald Trump. She'll be a hundred thousand times worse than Barack Obama. At least I know Trump loves America. At least I know Trump knows a little something about the economy. At least I know Trump, you know, he keeps his word. I'm not on the Trump wagon. You understand, I'm not on the Trump wagon. I'm on the never Hillary wagon, whatever it takes. I understand, you know, a vote for, I have another great friend, John. Love that dude like a brother. And he's, look, I'm not going to choose the, the lesser of two evils anymore. And I get it. It's like what I'm saying to you is, Hey, you know what? We we uh we got a voter conscience. We do. We we absolutely do that. But my conscience was really tied toward the future of this country. And I'm telling you, Hillary Clinton gets in that office, it's over. 
600 grand a year uh, Chelsea Clinton got, by the way. She's working for NBC, and now she works for the Clinton Foundation. She sits on all these boards, and she gets huge money for that. A lot of these companies where uh, where, where Miss uh, Hillary Clinton gave these big speeches, suddenly this this kid who really has nothing to offer is on the board raking in huge money. Abraham Clinton said this, America will never be destroyed from the outside if we falter and lose our freedoms. It will be because we destroyed ourselves. Now, we are super, super fortunate to have my good friend and esteemed president of my alma mater and current school. Um, I'm in another doctoral program now. Um, he, he is a great guy. He's a really great. And let me tell you what, he's a phenomenal teacher. And you can learn more about Dr. Fry, Dr. Dennis D. Fry at mdivs.edu, www.mdivs.edu. That's my alma mater. I'm in a doctoral program there now, too. Um, it's just phenomenal, phenomenal teacher, really phenomenal teacher, phenomenal leader. And, and he wrote an article that I have to tell you is extraordinary. It is really, really extraordinary. And I'm, I'm excited to have um, Dr. Fry on. I know that he's got places to be uh, after this interview. Dr. Fry, thank you so much for joining me, brother. Sean, so good to be with you. And with that wonderful introduction, how could I be anything but excited to talk with you? <laughs> well, I tell you what, what we right off the top, uh, right off the top, I, you know, I need to go hunting with you is what I need to do. We need to write That's that true. down somewhere. We do need that to do that. Like I'm an archery. I'm an archery guy. I'm an archery guy, but I'd love to hunt in, in uh, the great state of Indiana. That's where Masters is, and that's where Dr. Fry is. So you wrote this article. What what prompted you to write this article? It's it's how one vote on November eighth, two thousand and sixteen, could change America forever. You know, Sean, we have a bi-monthly online uh, journal uh, called One to Another. So as we were looking at. Uh, the uh, August and September, and then looking uh, October, November, realizing that in just two issues, we will be up against a presidential election on November the 8th. It just seems to me that uh, we short circuit and, and vote short-sightedly if we're only voting for a candidate. Uh, traditionally in the United States, our presidential elections uh, center around the personality of the candidate. And that's understandable. Uh, that certainly is an important thing. But it occurred to me as I was thinking about that, that this is a rather short-sighted and we short-circuit our vote when that's the only consideration because a president will serve four years, perhaps, in the case of President Carter, but may serve eight years in the case of President Nixon and President Obama, and during that time, may have an opportunity to appoint to the United States Supreme Court uh, one or more Supreme Court justices who will be there long, long after the uh, the president uh, has gone from office if they serve two full terms. And that's whether they are a president that we would say is uh, uh, is a great president at the end of their term of service, or whether we look back and say they were nominally good or not good in the eyes of whoever. For example, Justice Breyer has been on the Supreme Court for 22 years, Justice Ginsburg, 23, Justice Kennedy, 28. Uh, Justice Kennedy was appointed by President Ronald Reagan and Justice Thomas 
uh, has been on the court uh, for only three years less than Kennedy for 25 years. The average Supreme Court justice serves 16 years. Now, there are some who serve more than 25 or 28, but the average justice serves 16 years. Four of the nine justices have already passed that or well beyond that. So this election is really, in my view, is about more than the election of a president. It's about the future of the Supreme Court. And the SCOTUS is going to be determined in this next presidency because we have these four justices who are really uh, getting up very close to the age when they will either by by reason of age or perhaps by death uh, would be an unfortunate thing. We don't want any justice to die in office, but uh, th that happens. It, we didn't expect at all that it would happen with uh, Justice Scalia. And no one expected that. He's off on a hunting trip in Texas. It's totally unexpected. But we do expect that these four justices are going to very possibly be uh, need to be replaced. Uh, there'll be a nomination for at least one of those, perhaps all four. It could be more than that as well. So this election becomes much, much more than just who is elected president. It becomes a, a vote, how one vote uh, could change the future of America, because that one vote is the ninth vote uh, on the Supreme Court. Our founding fathers wisely understood uh, the the foibles and fa failings of human nature, the blessings and the gifts of human nature together. So we have nine justices in order to be able to preserve, preserve uh, a decision uh, and not a tie. And right now we have a split court. Uh, that final justice will be the justice who will swing the court either from the left to the center or from the, from the center to the center, uh, center to the right or right to the center, are swinging all the way over to the left. Uh, so this is an extremely important election. And, 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 and Sean, I remember uh, many, many years ago, probably about 30 years ago, I was pastoring. And one of my pastor mentors, his brother, uh, was very unhappy with both presidential candidates. He, he didn't want to vote Republican or Democrat because he didn't like either one. And I wasn't supposed to be privileged to their argument, but I was. And two brothers, you know, they're both good Christian men. And when I say argument, I mean, they were uh, they were disagreeing, but in a civil way. Uh, but my, my pastor uh, friend, mentor friend, he spoke up rather strongly. He told his brother, if you because the brother was saying, I can't vote for either candidate. Both candidates have, have failings that I just can't support. And his brother spoke up and said, then you're going to throw your vote away. You're going to throw your vote away. And that really struck me. So I got to thinking, hmm, I respect this man so much. I respect his brother, too. What does he mean when he says you're going to throw your vote away? Uh, and I came, of course, to understand what that means. And the fact is, in this presidential election, those who don't like either candidate and say, I'm not going to vote for either one or who vote for a third party candidate, which can't win, um, then then I think we throw our vote away. And the vote's more, much more than just the personality of the person running. It's about the ideology of the Supreme Court, perhaps for the next 25 to 30 years. Because a justice nominated and confirmed uh, by the Congress could very well serve another 20, 25, 30 years. We have two justices right now that have served 25 years and more. So that's why I wrote the article, and that's why I think this election is so critical 
and how one vote could change America forever. It's that one Supreme Court justice who will either turn the court uh, at least back to the center to make it a centrist court with that one vote or will push it all the way to the left. Uh, I don't think we can expect uh, in, in the next four years, for example, of a new administration that we would see a court that would go to the right. But I think we have the opportunity before us to at least hope that we can keep the court from going all the way uh, to the left. We don't we don't know uh, who a president will actually nominate. We don't know if along the process of a nomination, a, um, a, a nominee would uh, be exposed with failings that would make their nomination uh, undesirable. And so someone else has to be nominated. We don't know if the Congress would uh, would confirm uh, a nomination. There's a lot of questions about that. But here's what we do know. We do know, generally speaking, what kind of a justice, ideologically, um, the next president is going to at least nominate. We know that much. Mm-hmm. The other thing that we don't know is we don't really know how um, a justice will rule until they're actually in office. But this much we do know. We know that when a person goes through the vetting process, we have a pretty good idea because they have a track record of how they will vote in the future. And then finally, I I think this is so important that each individual who votes, their vote could make the difference. Uh, Could a presidential election hinge on one vote? Technically, yes. Practically, no. But every one person who says, I won't vote, is one more person who takes their vote throws it away and then makes it possible for the party that they feel shouldn't be in office makes it greater the greater possibility that they will be in office each vote matters we can't vote for a perfect candidate uh we just can't do that we we don't have perfect candidates we don't have a perfect electorate i'm a member of the electorate Uh, i vote but i'm not a perfect person but i have a vote and i believe christians have to vote their biblical values in the main generally uh, we're not going to we're not going to have a candidate as Christians that will meet all of our expectations. Now, that may be possible at the local level because we know a person well enough. But generally speaking, we vote for people based upon the general past record, what we believe they will do, how we believe they will govern, because we really don't know until someone is actually in office. And so when we use the excuse, well, I don't know this or I don't know that. And I think I'm just not going to vote. We actually throw our vote away. And this presidential election, I think, when it comes to the Supreme Court, is the most critical election we've had, certainly in my lifetime. And I think uh, I think very possibly uh, really in the last 100 years. So that's why I wrote the article. And that's why I urge every Christian to get out this year and vote. Well, I agree with you. I agree with you on all of that. Um, you know, there's some that are going to argue with the math thing and say, look, it's not a math thing. I don't understand why you keep saying math. Um, you know, if I don't vote for Hillary, uh, if I don't vote for Trump, that's not a vote for Hillary. But what people fail to to really grasp is the left is going to vote for Hillary. Everybody is going to vote for Hillary. Even dead people on the left are going to vote for Hillary. Uh, people have been in the grave 20, 30 years. They're going to cheat. They're going to do everything they can everything that they've always done they're going they're going every vote on the left is going to be for Hillary 
So if we allow our uh, our power, we we cede our power and say, look, con- you know, I can't consciously vote this way. And my my buddy Jerry reminds me of this, and and he's great at reminding this. The left is anti God in every issue. You know, one thing I know is is that Donald Trump, the things that he said and the things he's done. You know, I read his book cover to cover, word word by word, and it, that is greatly detailed. One of my issues with him early on was, look, you're not giving any detail. He was very smart to do it uh, because his book has all the detail. Now, I notice in your article you you talk about some some major things: removing the Bible from public schools, abortion on demand, prohibiting prayer in countless venues, prohibiting this prohibiting displays of the Ten Commandments, stifling Christ at Christmas, sexual perversion protections, dim, diminution of biblical marriage, and total gr- gender confusion. What we're being told now is that, you know, of course, they're social issues. Social issues. And Republicans, look, if you want to win, you got to stop talking about social issues. What do you think about that? You know, we're being told, stay off that third rail. Let's let's be done with the social issues. What do you think about that? Well, I I think, first of all, it's uh, uh, you have to suspend your intellect. Mm-hmm. to divorce social issues from spiritual issues. Uh, we are essentially spiritual creatures. We, we are not essentially physical creatures. Uh, you were in a horrible accident a few years ago in which you could mm-hmm. very well have, and, and without God's providence, lost your life. But you could very easily, you're a very large man. Uh, you were in a, a pretty small vehicle. Both of your legs could have been taken off in that accident. If you hadn't fallen mm-hmm. underneath, uh, which to me was uh, God's providence and that mm-hmm. you weren't crushed to death in there, but you could have had both legs taken off. Now, Sean, without both legs, you're still Sean Greener. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're not essentially a physical being. You can lose both legs, both arms, both hands, but you're still yourself because we are persons. We, we, don't, we, we don't have uh, a spirit because we have a body. Um, we, we are a spirit being in a body. And our social interactions are spiritual interactions. Uh, and so the way we conduct ourselves in the social, social sphere is an extension of what our spirit is like. This is why Jesus said it's not that which comes out of a man's mouth that defiles his body, but it, it's, it's, it's that, that I'm, just, I'm sorry, that goes in his mouth, but it's that which comes out. Because he says the things that come out come from the heart itself. Now, let me just make an observation here about our current justices. When we talk about social issues, individual justices vote their spiritual issues. They vote their personality. They are a person. And with a personality, they are a spirit personality. They don't think, they don't decide in a mechanical way. They think and decide in a metaphysical way in the mind, which is an extension of the brain, but they think in a metaphysical way. They come to decisions in a metaphysical way. Their worldview is what drives their decisions, how their spirit connects with the world around them. So when it comes to these really hard social issues where we have seen the Supreme Court decide on the side of what we would call non-biblical and, and anti-social 
decisions. Let's stop to think about something here. If I may point out the following. President Obama nominated and was successful in having appointed to the Supreme, or confirmed the Supreme Court, Soto, uh, uh, Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan. Now, that's President Obama. We would classify both of those justices as left-wing liberal. Mm-hmm. George uh, W. Bush uh, is responsible for John Roberts and Samuel Alito. We would consider both of those centrist leaning right. Uh, Justice Ginsburg and Justice Breyer, we would consider those far to the left. They were appointed by Bill, they were nominated and confirmed under the presidency of Bill Clinton. Clarence Thomas uh, became a justice through the uh, nomination of George uh, Herbert Walker Bush. We would consider him very far to the right. Uh, President Ronald Reagan, uh, uh, Justice Kennedy, who we would consider in a centrist judge. And then Justice Scalia uh, was appointed, was nominated, I should say, and confirmed under the presidency of Ronald Reagan. Okay, so every Supreme Court justice who's on the court now, and if we include uh, the recently deceased Justice Scalia, these are individuals who fall into the center to the right uh, in their decisions on social issues. Uh, when they make their rulings, and they were appointed, they were nominated and confirmed under a conservative Republican president. The opposite is oh, true. You. Clinton and Obama uh, under the uh, under a uh, under a Democrat, liberal Democrat president. So it makes a difference who is elected because they will nominate people based upon their worldview, their spiritual worldview, and those justices will. Uh, rule based upon their spiritual world view. So those social issues and spiritual issues cannot, you have to suspend your intellect to think that you can divorce those two. Yeah, I agree. You know, and, and in your article, you talk about how far it could go. Uh, and really, we we know Dr. Fry and audience. Again, folks, I have Dr. Fry. Uh, he's the president and founder of uh, my alma mater, uh, Masters is a phenomenal place to receive an education. It's it's uh, it's one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. You can learn more about that at mdivs.edu, mdivs.edu. Um, removal of all references to God in the public arena. You know, that, that sounds like hyperbole to a lot of people, but let's go back to the Democrat convention. And they had the biggest fight uh, that they had was over the last one, over removing God from their platform, any mention of God from their platform. Uh, they they want to remove Christian chaplains in the military. They Every Christian institution now, they, they want to have to hire, um, they want them to have to hire uh, LGBT people. They want to, you have to hire transgender people. They want you to have a bathroom that everybody can do. They, they want to take away. Now, I'm not for, by the way, I, I want to, I saw this in here in one of your bullet points, tax exempt status for churches. Um, I'm not a 501c3 pastor. I, I don't believe in it. I don't believe we should cede any part of uh, what we do to the government. I don't think they have any business in it. Uh, but penalties for preaching the gospel, I think that's very clear that they're trying to do that any way that they can, uh, and and penal codes imposed by the courts against those who refuse to violate their Christian conscience, even at work in the privacy of their own homes, 
nationally legalized prostitution. It's legal in, in, in uh, Nevada. And most people don't realize this. In Sweden in 2014, they legalized bestiality. That's sex with animals right. for folks that don't know that. I right. mean, right. somebody thought, hey, you know what we need to do? We've got other issues, sure. But what we need to work on is this whole sex with animals issue. Gosh, if we don't have that, boy, goodness, that's a bad thing to not have. And so they, they made a law. Well, that's the... We're right there. I mean, you, you you state in your article, have we arrived at this point? I think I think for the left, it's never been about equality. It's never been that. It's always about overtaking. Same way with, with Islam, it's never been about, hey, we just want to be treated fairly. It's always been about using the, the religious, political, and military ideology of Islam to advance themselves. So we hear this talked about all the time. Uh, you have to vote your conscience. I'm going to vote my conscience for you. If you were sitting in front of, and, and you are, cause I know I have a lot of listeners. We have over 800,000 listeners now. Um, I have a lot of listeners who would say that they say, look, I'm a never Trumper. I'm, I'm not going to do it. Not one more time. Am I going to vote for uh, a guy? I don't feel good about at all. And by the way, how do we know he's even going to nominate? proper people for the Supreme Court. Yeah, okay, this is the linchpin issue, but how do we know he's even going to do it? What What would you say to them? Well, first of all, I would say we don't have any idea uh, who a president, uh, because it hasn't happened yet. And as I mentioned earlier, we have to go on the track record. We have to mm -hmm. look to the past and say, all right, uh, how has this, how has this come down in the past? This is the past is prologue to the future. Not always, but for the most part it is. Uh, we don't vote on what we know will happen in the future. We vote on what we hope will happen in the future based upon a reasonable assessment of what has happened in the past. I think we also err greatly when we fail to realize that a person as a president is not a standalone entity. There will be, of course, a vice president. There will be uh, congressmen. Uh, there will be senators. There will be uh, both appointed and elected uh, other individuals who serve in other positions within the government. We do have uh, a system of checks and balances once a person is elected. Uh, we, we, can't, we can't divine what will happen and then vote based upon what we believe will happen. Have we voted for individuals in the past and been disappointed in some areas? Yes, we have been. Um, would we be disappointed in this election if the Republican Party uh, swings over to uh, the, uh, the legitimately won primary uh, by Donald Trump? Would they be disappointed? Yes, they'll be disappointed in many things. Of course they will. But when it comes down to it, our country is a, a country that is ruled by law. And I think far beyond what our founding fathers intended, the reality is, whether you want, like it or not, and I don't like it, but the reality is the United States Supreme Court is the most powerful body in the country. And mm -hmm. once the Supreme Court has ruled on an issue, uh, the chances of getting that ruling changed are just minuscule. And so it is so important that we look at the larger picture rather than the individual. As an evangelical Christian, 
I have lots of issues with uh, Mr. Trump as the Republican Party nominee. I have lots of issues, but I have greater issues with the Democrat Party. Uh, <clears throat> my wife uh, is the, grand, the great-granddaughter of Irish immigrants. Her father uh, was, um, uh, I don't know what you would call it, kind of like a, a Democrat uh, cheerleader uh, in his community. And uh, uh, her, her family were Democrats. But that was back in the day when you could drop a net over the Democrat and the Republican Party, and you could pull up really great people on both sides who supported biblical, conservative, biblical values. Uh, mm -hmm. I, that day has passed. Uh, sadly, it's passed. Mm -hmm. uh, I happen to know, and, I, and I'm not privileged just to, say, to speak more than this openly, but I happen to know elected officials who are Democrats, who are godly, great people. They run mm -hmm. as Democrats but they try to do their office uh, in a way that is not consistent with the platform of the Democratic Party now. Their hearts are broken over uh, what has happened to their party. So uh, those of us who aren't happy with the nominee have to step back and say, look, we're not going to throw our vote away. We are going to, the next president is going to almost surely, Sean, have to nominate one Supreme Court justice. And he could he could very well nominate he or she could very well mm -hmm. nominate two or three or even four, uh, mm -hmm. because four of those sitting justices are already past a 16 year average age. And you have one open seat right now. That seat mm -hmm. is so critical because that seat will swing the court. Either it'll either keep the court in the middle or it'll swing the court far to the left. I don't think I don't think that one vote will swing it hard to the right. It could swing to the right, depending upon how many additional justices uh, would 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 be nominated and confirmed if we have a Republican president. But you can be absolutely sure that if uh, Mrs. Clinton is elected, she will not nominate a conservative uh, justice. She won't do that. Uh, is that possible that she would? Well, anything is possible, I suppose to say. I, I, I suppose we could say in theory, but in practice, mm -hmm. no. Uh, I yeah, think, we know that. Uh, she's I think not. what I mean, we're looking. We know that she's not. Yeah, we're looking we, at we a much larger, much larger not. issue. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, we know that she's not. We we uh, we can uh, we can absolutely. Uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, we can absolutely know that Hillary Clinton is going to, beyond a shadow of a doubt, she is going to vote the most liberal, liberal, liberal uh, ever, ever, ever. She's going to, she, she's going to absolutely vote the worst possible way ever in the history of the country. If we think Barack Hussein Obama is bad, poof, Nowhere close. She's nowhere close. So I know I know we well, Sean, only have a few. Yes, sir. No, I, I was going to say, I know our time is getting short. I'd like to make one observation about uh, about this, this, this uh, conversation we're having right here, right now. Uh, the the shade of this conversation. You know, I don't blame Hillary. If, if Hillary Clinton were elected president and she nominated uh, ultra left wing liberal uh, judges to uh, to be confirmed by the by the House and Senate. I wouldn't blame her. I would expect mm -hmm. it. I'd be shocked if she didn't. I, I don't, mm -hmm. I, I don't quote blame Hillary Clinton for being who she is. She's who mm -hmm. she is. She has a perfect right to be who she is. And the Democrat party has chosen her as their nominee. Uh, that's our system. That's our, that's our process. That's all right. 
as far as that goes. But there's the other side of that. And the other side of that is we also have a right to oppose that ideology, which that party seems to uh, be hell-bent on supporting. So if we have to hold our nose and vote, we're voting also down ballot. That's another Mm -hmm. thing that has to be remembered. I think the primary thing is to remember what our vote means in terms of the Supreme Court and how how that one Supreme Court vote could change the future of America. But I think mm-hmm. we also have to bear in mind there's a down ballot vote as well. And if and, and if Republicans and evangelical Christians and independents stay away because they don't like the top of the uh, of the ticket, then they have no one to blame but themselves if the left yeah. is elected and our country slides even further uh, toward the left. I think we have to remember that our our votes have consequences. Uh, look, here, here's a maybe an oversimplified illustration, but uh, my wife and I both like to eat popcorn occasionally. And so the most fun is to sit down in front of the TV and have a big bowl of popcorn between us. And then, you know, if she usually sits on my right, so her left hand's digging in the popcorn bowl, my right hand's digging in. And when the bowl is completely full, you don't think about one big puff of popcorn. But when you get down near the end, whoever can get that last popcorn, that's a prize, okay? <laughs> so mm-hmm. we might think, well, look, my vote doesn't count because the whole bowl is full of popcorn. There are all kinds of other people voting. It does matter. And when mm-hmm. we reach down to that last puff of popcorn, that last vote, that last vote could make the difference. And all of those last votes combined together, all of those people who say I'm not going to vote, you combine those together together. They can represent tens of millions of votes, and that swings an election. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you bring up down ballot and, and and really and truly you stay away from the ballot because you're mad. It's Donald Trump. Look, I'm not I'm not overjoyed as Donald Trump, not by a long shot. I know a lot about him because I know people that are very closely associated with him. But but I know that he's done some amazing things as well. I, I just know the guy loves America. And I know that. He doesn't say the things that we like. He doesn't say them how we like them, but he's saying things in many respects that America needs to hear. I I like how he doesn't, I'm going to talk in a little bit um, about how he says what needs to be said in many respects, but it hasn't been political correctness has been the, the new way for so long that unfortunately we, we, we just accept that that's the way it is and we fall prey to it. Uh, we change. We allow them to change the vernacular. Then we start adopting their vernacular, the less vernacular. And before long, that's how we talk. That's how we communicate. Yeah. So we've given up. We've given very up the good, reality. Very of good it. point. Yeah. Yeah. Good so point. tell tell. And, and it's just, go ahead. Go ahead, please. No, no, no. no you I'm go done. ahead. Um, no, tell the audience. It's, it's not... We got a little bit of a delay here. <laughs> hey, the, I apologize for that. Yeah, the jo- the joys of the joys of delay. But uh, tell the audience and finish your sentence. Tell the audience about once you once you say what you're going to say. Tell the audience about Masters. What makes Masters special? After you you, you finish what you were saying, because uh, I don't want to I don't want to interview to end today without you uh, letting I know because I've been there. I'm some of the best professors. Listen, I'm a benefactor of great education uh, in a secular way, but I don't even talk about my secular education once I received uh, you know undergrad, grad, and and postgrad, and working on another doctorate now through Masters. Um, I don't even talk about the secular because to me, it doesn't matter. Uh, but masters, what a, what a difference. So tell, tell, tell the audience and we have, we have an international audience. So it'd be, it'd be great for them to hear right from the, the man himself. What, the, what makes it, what makes it special? What is it about masters? 
Well, thank you, Sean. Well, listen, uh, we are an international uh, university of divinity. Um, we, uh, back in the, uh, in the middle nineties, uh, when this whole idea of moving education to the internet, uh, began to be taken seriously, we were there as pioneers. So we've been at it since the early days, uh, when hardly anyone understood what the term online meant anyway. Um, and today we are one of the leading online uh, theological institutions. We are International University of Divinity. We provide ministry education programs for men and women already serving in ministry who would like to expand their education and to men and women who are transitioning into ministry from a previous career. We're not a school for young people. Uh, we're not a campus school. We do have a, uh, a wonderful seminar and events uh, a facility in Melbourne, Florida. Uh, we teach uh, annually in Jerusalem, Israel. Uh, we do on live online synchronous teaching, and we also do asynchronous uh, programs for men and women in ministry anywhere in the world, so long as you can meet the minimum English language requirements. Uh, we allow a person to stay where they are and to continue to serve in the ministry that God has called them to serve in while they are expanding their understanding of the scripture and while they're learning new skills or polishing older skills uh, with some of the newer uh, things that are available in terms of theological distance education. We're not a uh, denominational school, but we are Christ-centered, Bible-based. Uh, we make no apology for being that, and uh, we believe in full biblical inerrancy. Uh, and uh, it's interesting that with the strong position on the Scripture, uh, we have uh, graduated uh, well over 2,500 students since uh, 1999, uh, and uh, among those graduates have been wonderful men like yourself uh, and uh, uh, people from um, priests in the Roman Catholic Church to evangelical um, uh, mainstream pastors, Pentecostal pastors, uh, Southern Baptist, uh, Independent Baptist. And the thing that makes us unique is that while we're not sectarian, we are, as I said, Christ-centered and Bible-based. We make no apology about that. Uh, I think master's is probably the best um, investment uh, a person can make in theological, advanced uh, and beginning theological education. So uh, if all of our graduates were as distinguished and as accomplished as you are, we'd probably be the largest uh, theological institution in the world. <laughs> so well, you're, we're proud you're of very you. kind to uh, say that. <laughs> we're proud of what you do and we're thankful to the Lord for uh, the calling he's had in your life. You have, as your listeners know, a most unique background. Um, and uh, so uh, I don't know what else to say, except we both are, we, we're both a fond of the United States Navy, right? Amen. Amen. Go Navy, beat Army. Well, I sure appreciate you exactly uh, right. giving us that's right. Giving us the time today. It's an honor to have you on the program. You're absolutely one of my favorite people ever on the planet. And uh, I appreciate what you've sown into my life. I, I don't believe I'd be doing what I'm doing now were it not for you and the many other great people there at Masters, Dr. Frazier and Dr. Moen and Dr. Durham and so many. The list is so long of, of so many incredible people uh, there. It's just it's some of the it's some of the greatest people I think I've ever been around. And all committed to the same thing. So thank you so much for being on today and, uh, and, uh, God bless you and all that you do today. And, and, uh, hope, I hope to have you on again. I, I think that our audience has benefited from this time. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's just clearly 
clearly um, it, you have something to say to the world, and and I and I'm very happy to give that to give that opportunity to you. So, well, thank you, Sean. I, I would like to say one last thing, if I may. I want to. Uh, sure I want to just. I should have added this earlier. Uh, Sharon and I, uh, we don't know Mike Pence. So when you say, well, I know someone, we don't know him. We have met Mike Pence. He's our governor uh, here in Indiana. Uh, we've met him. We know people who are uh, friends of his, close friends of his. And I want to tell you, uh, we believe in Mike Pence. He's, he's genuine. Uh, and he's been a great governor. He's a great Christian man. And so I encourage your voters, get out and vote. Uh, vote your conscience. Uh, this, this election is too important. Your one vote could make the difference. And so thank you for the privilege of being able to share this. And God bless you and your great work. You, Colleen, uh, have a great rest of the day and uh, blessings to your audience. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Folks, Dr. Dennis Fry, president and founder of Masters, uh, www.mdivs.edu. He's gracious with his presence today, and I know uh, you'll want to see him on again. You know... (laughs) Look, I'm getting a lot of messages from people who are saying, man, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I can't do it. Go back and read this article. I'm not saying I'm trying to convince you. I'm trying to give you some other things to think about. I don't, I just don't think, um, I just don't think that you can read it and not at least consider uh, some of the very powerful things that are put forth in it. I know the Supreme Court of the United States of America or SCOTUS, very, very important. Uh, for me, very, very important for me. That's a, that's a huge one. Uh, the, the 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 wellness of our American military, uh, both in combat and behind uh, behind those in combat, very, very important. Look, this president is trying to name a ship after a. Um, if you if you know Harvey Milk, you know he's a disgusting human being. Uh, he's dead, uh, but he um, he wants to name a navy ship. Uh, I think he's already tried to do it. I don't know if if it's being fought now, effective. Pardon me, effectively, but you know, look up Harvey Milk. It's it's not good. It's not good. He has no business being on the being. It's just there's no place for that uh, on a navy, a military ship. Just absolutely not. And so voting your biblical values, I want you to do that, but you got to make sure your vote is counted. So, okay, so you say you go in there, you go into the booth and you say, look, I'm not going to vote for either. I'm not going to vote for either. So I I encourage you to still go because what we know is that people that, I don't know how to say this delicately, but people that say I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump what is it? 80, 84%, I want to say 84% don't vote. Those people that say that, um, somehow or another, uh, you, you know, they just, for whatever reason, they can, well, I'm not going, I'm not going to vote for the, the president. I'm just not going, I'm staying home. That's it. I'm done. I'm staying home. I'm tired of this. My vote doesn't matter anyway. Well, the down ballot votes matter. You better believe that. And I'm going to tell you something the left. Look, they get paid to go vote. They, they get buses with with sack lunches and they take them and they and they vote. This is what they do, folks. This is reality. This is reality. So, we know the left is going to do that. We know that. We we don't have any doubt about it. No doubt at all. We know they're going to do it. We know they're going to, we know they're coming. We know that, that the left will make every, like I said, when we we're talking to Dr. Fry, the, dead people vote for the left. 
We, we know they do that. And so that's what we're up against. So when, when you say, I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump, I, I just can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. Okay. Still go vote, vote all the way down from president. If you know, if you're in there and you're praying about it and you say, I feel, I feel comfortable not, not voting for Donald Trump, uh, not pressing that button, not swinging that lever, whatever the case may be. I get it. I get it. And, and I, and I can't argue with you. Uh, but the fact of the matter is you got to vote down ballot. Every single other thing, you got to vote down ballot. Cause I'm going to tell you something. And this is my belief. I, I, I really believe firmly, firmly that if we go out in, in the, in the masses that we should, and we swarm the polls, we swarm them and we document it. And we, you know, we get involved in the, the, uh, election day, uh, business. We were there. We get lots of conservative people to get out and say, Hey, I'm, I'm in it. I'm going to be a, a marshal. I'm going to be a, you know, a, a rules checker. I'm going to be an ID checker. I'm going to whatever. And you're there and you, and you document that stuff. And you say, man, I'm, if there's going to be some false votes, guess what? I, they're going to happen. I'm going to fight it hard. You see what I'm saying? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I think you do. I think you do. You got to vote down. You got to vote down the ballot because if we fill every role, look, if we, if we get an even greater majority in Congress, if, if you, if you're mayor, if you're state rep, if you're, you know, all of these things, all of these things, you, you just fill, you fill these offices, school boards, everything, everything, every single office. If you fill them with good principled conservative people, and then you, and I'll tell you what else too, uh, Center for Self-Governance, listen, we'll train every politician. We'll even help them with their, with their ground game. Uh, we won't charge them. They have to agree to certain things, but we will not charge them. Never, never lost an election where we've run their ground game, never happened. Uh, Mark Kerr and, and, and uh, Michelle Perkins and so many others uh, there, Pam Leslie and, and Bill and, and just the whole group of them there. Absolutely fantastic people, fantastic people. I'm telling you, some of the best people I've ever met. And the, and and they'll get plugged in, and they're very very good at what they do. And they will turn the tide, folks. They'll turn the tide. And then we will train this person who is running. And I don't care if it's for school board. I don't care if it's for dog catcher. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. What I know is this, never has there been a more critical, a more critically important election than, than this one. This there's, there's no more critical election than this one. There never has been. Never, 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 never. Do you understand that? And I'm not just I'm not just saying for president. I, I'm not saying for president. I'm saying for everything. Never has been ever in all of time a more important election than this one. Are we fair on that? 
I mean, are, are we being fair on that? Am, am I, am, am I being fair on that to say that? I think I am. Look, there's lots of people that are listening right now that, that have really worked super hard, super, super hard in ways that, 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 that people not involved with the political process they they just wouldn't know I, I don't know what to say to you I don't know what to say to you you just wouldn't know how hard some people work with Facebook and Twitter and social media that's not it man that's not it. Take the time, take some classes, Center for Self-Governance. September, I think it's 20, 20, 21st, 2021st, 22nd, 23rd, we're having classes here in the state of Delaware. Again, folks, you, you've got to understand, we'll come anywhere. We'll come anywhere. We'll go to any state. We don't care. You put 10 to 15 people in the seats, we will come there and mark her and the other fantastic, amazing people at Center for Self-Government. We will train them on the real. It's the best training you've ever had in your life. It's the best training. We will train those people down ballot to do and to be what they are supposed to be. We will help them represent what they're supposed to represent. Look, I, I believe it's the same way with the president of the United States. I know that he has good people around him. Dr. Fry, you know, he's from Indiana. Mike Pence, uh, you know, great man, really, really great man. I'll tell you some inf inside information. One of my good friends, um, I'll, I'll try to have him on the show sometime. I won't say his name right now until, you know, I know he's doing something, something else, and I don't want to give his name until, you know, I, I feel, uh, till I know for sure he wants me to do that, but he's, he was the communications director for a long time for Mike Pence. You've got, you've got really strong people. Andrea Shea King, great radio host. You got to listen to her show. Uh, she is, she is fantastic. Honored to have her listening. And, and she brings up Senator Jeff Sessions, another solid guy on Trump's team. Look, we, he, we know that he has some really good people. We know, uh, Bannon is there now. We know that that the advice that he's getting will dramatically improve. You say, well, that, that, that fool doesn't listen to anybody. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I know for a fact he does. You say, well, it doesn't seem like it seems like he's trying to throw the election. Well, that's stupid. You need to let that go. He's not an election thrower. He's not a guy that wants to lose on purpose. There's not an amount of money you could pay this guy to have him throw the election. A lot of people said, well, he's a shill for the Democrats. He's just doing this to get her elected. Let that go, folks. Let it go. That's it's unreasonable. They're, they're, I, I'm just telling you that's unreasonable. And you either take it. The truth is the truth. Look, I can argue with you about the truth, but it doesn't change the truth. You not believing after I've presented the evidence, it's that doesn't change anything.
Do you understand what I'm saying? Doesn't change a thing. Kellyanne Conway, one of the coolest people, smartest people on the planet. I don't know why I think she's from Philly. I don't know why I keep thinking that because I, I met her somewhere before and I, I simply cannot remember where I met her. Smart, smart woman. And let me tell you something. Kellyanne Conway is in it to win it. My friend Andrea says he's a brawler. He's a brawler. He's going to get in there and bloody some knuckles. He's going to bloody some noses. And if you don't think it's time for that, you got another thing coming. We're, we're on the precipice, folks. We're, we're in the most dangerous, terrible time I think we've had in, ever since I have been aware, politically aware. I, I want to affect the process all the way down the ballot from president down. I want to affect what is said and what is done. Now, I want to talk about something else here. By the way, we're, we're in a monetizing program. Um, Blog Talk Radio has, a, uh, has approached me about, because of the size of our audience, they've approached me and said, hey, you know, you could automatically get some revenue by just inserting these ads. And I don't, I'm not going to do it during the live show. But when you listen back, there'll be very, very short ads. We'll be monitoring them closely, but uh, that they'll, that we will insert, well, I don't insert the ad. I will insert the space for the ad, then they'll put it in there because I don't get paid to do this. I pay to do this. And uh, I've been really, really ineffectual as a monetizer. Um, we always say you go to the website, uh, the ninjapastor.com, drshawngreener.com. There's a donate button there. You click on donate. It goes through PayPal. It's completely protected. If you believe in what we're doing and what I'm doing and you believe in our ministry, then feel free. Um, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're as shoestring ever, 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 ever. So uh, they've approached me and they've said, hey, you can, you can do this. It's very, very easy. It's a little time consuming, but I'm just, I'm wanting you to understand that, that if you listen back to this and you hear an ad that's infused into this, I don't want you to feel like I'm, I've, uh, I've betrayed you or anything like that. And if you hear an ad that is inappropriate to the show, let me know, uh, you know, send it to me, contact me through the contact me page. Or if you know me, uh, fax me, fax, uh, text me, and bada boom, bada bing, we'll be good. Okay? So do that. I'm just letting you know that, that that's important. Look, Donald Trump pushes law and order agenda in, in direct appeal to black voters. Now, uh, that seems like a juxtaposition. You understand Louisiana is underwater. Epic floods. Biblical, biblical floods. Biblical floods. Tens of thousands of people have had to been rescued. Uh, tens of thousands of livestock and family pets have been killed. They're, they're estimating in the billions of dollars of damage. You, you understand that, that there was a big flood in Nolens and George Bush because he hates black people. Oh, wait, that was said by Ray Nagin, right? Mayor Ray Nagin. Ray, Ray Nagin said that. And he said, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Even though Ray Nagin didn't do 
what George Bush uh, pleaded for him to do days in advance. Uh, and he, he was direct cause. We come to find out he's in jail. Why is he in jail? Because he was corrupt. Why didn't these things happen? Where's all the money going? Well, he's corrupt. Him and his wife. <laughs> but now that George Bush isn't the president, nobody cares. I watched the news the other day. I don't like watching. I really don't like watching uh, the mainstream media at all. I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Absolutely hate it. But the fact of the matter is nine stories in. We're talking major, major news outlets. Nine stories in. That's when they started talking about Louisiana. George Bush isn't the president. We can't try to make the guy look bad, even though Mayor Ray Nagin is the one that caused that problem in New Orleans. He didn't evacuate people. He didn't activate the 250 buses. He didn't, he didn't have a plan. Now we know that he was embezzling money and hiding money and misspending. And so... And so, but nobody, nobody cares. You know, Donald Trump, uh, you can say what you want about him. He's been a genius as it relates to, to, to uh, being covered. And you say, well, yeah, he's getting covered of all the bad stuff. Well, they're moving his speeches around saying things that he didn't say. They're, they're editing things, strategic editing. We know the left does that. They've been caught doing it. But these last two uh, Trump speeches, they're, they're dead on, as my buddy Jerry says. He says, forget the media. Forget the media. You know, people are freaking out over he, he, uh, he's going to kick out the New York Times because they can't tell the truth. You're not going to cover me and not tell the truth. You go do that on your own. But I'm not inviting you in there, giving up a seat for somebody that will tell the truth. I don't have a, I don't have a legal obligation to do that. I don't blame him. I wish somebody would have done this a long time ago. I, I really do. I like that he's doing this. I like that he's in their face. I like that he's saying, hey, you know what? You'll not do that here. I'm not afraid of you. I don't need you. And I believe it's resonating. You look at you look at the the huge crowds this man is drawing. You say, well, he's a he's a celebrity. I think the media polls are wrong too. Those in chat. I think they're campaigning for Hillary. I th I think it has been bought and sold. Do I think it's a landslide? No, I don't. No, I don't. But I think it's a lot closer than they say. Milwaukee's on fire, folks. Milwaukee's on fire. Black Lives Matter. People and criminals and thugs. Burning the joint down. Running around trying to kill white people. They're on tape saying it. You Look, you... You, you can't deny things when they're right there. They're right there, folks. we got to stop denying stuff that's true because you don't like how it sounds. Milwaukee's on fire because a black man shot a black man. The difference is one of them had a badge. They both had a gun. One of them had a badge.
and he pointed the bad guy without a badge, pointed the gun at the good guy with a badge, and the good guy with a badge shot the guy. And now there's riots everywhere. Why hasn't the president gotten out there and said, hey, let me tell you something. You need to stop this mess. I've talked to the people in charge here, and you want to know something? This is one of those cases where you don't belong burning stuff. And they're saying don't burn our neighborhoods, the sister of the guy that was shot, even though CNN strategically edited it to say that she was calling for peace. No, she was saying don't burn our neighborhood down. Go into the suburbs. Burn their houses down. Burn their businesses down. We need our weeds. We need our gas. We need our hooch. Where was the president? President Barack Hussein Obama once again was golfing on Martha's Vineyard Monday afternoon for the second day. You say, well, he's on vacation. He's the president. This man has taken more vacations than anything I've ever seen. Anything. It, it's just unbelievable to me. This, this man and his family take the most expensive vacations ever. And they take more of them than anybody I've ever seen. I've never seen it. You know, America is falling apart and people are, are failing. They're failing miserably to thrive because this man has wrecked the economy. And he doesn't identify with any of them. He just gets on golfing. He doesn't care, folks. He doesn't care. And neither does Hillary Clinton. So the federal government, this is written uh, by Kevin Lamarck. He's a uh, Reuters guy. No, no, he's not a he's not the guy that wrote this. I'll find out who the guy that wrote it is. I'm probably at the bottom. Federal government declared a major disaster in Louisiana after rampant flooding left six people dead and more than ten thousand in shelters. Now, by the way, that number has tripled, is what I'm told. More than twenty thousand people have been rescued from flooding across southern Louisiana. This is what Fox News reported. In Milwaukee, authorities have struggled to control racially charged riots stemming from the police shooting of an armed suspect on Saturday. Both the suspect and the officer were black. Several videos recording uh, Saturday night appear to show black rioters chasing down and attacking white passersby. At 11.15 a.m. Monday morning, President Obama arrived at Vineyard Golf Club, where he'll spend the afternoon golfing with businessman Marty Nesbitt, lawyer Cy Walker, and former NBA player Alonzo Mourning, according to the White House pool reports. The weather was described as pitch-perfect afternoon. Walker and Mourning were golfing with the president for a second day in a row. They previously joined Obama for a Sunday afternoon at Farm Neck Golf Club, which the pool report notes is one of the president's favorite courses on Martha's Vineyard before attending a private party at Lola's Restaurant. We are the large party specialist, the restaurant website states. The Obamas remained at the party past midnight. Peter J. Hansen, at Peter J. Hansen, he wrote that. Daily Caller. But here's the thing. The people, the people out there, the people out there, black voters, LGBT voters, We've been trying to educate you, literally and literally. We're trying to educate you, uh, communities, more money is dumped into the, the black community than anywhere else in the world. You say, well, these are underserved. I, I know somebody right now as a teacher, and that's the biggest push is we've got to deal with these IEPs, you know, special plans for people who have issues. We've got we've to gotta, we've gotta bring special ed people right into the classroom. 
you, you teachers, you've got to, you got to be trained in special ed. You got to be trained in psychology. You got to be doing all these things. It's all about them feeling good. It's all about, you know, uh, mainstreaming all this stuff. Look, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, the only person telling the truth to the black community is Donald Trump. Again, not my favorite, but he's the guy. He's the guy. You run what you brung. It's old racing term. You run what you brung. Donald Trump made his most direct appeal yet Tuesday for black voters in the presidential race, pushing forward an agenda to restore law and order and revitalize inner city neighborhoods that he said suffers from years of misguided Democrat policies. Look at, look, look at Detroit, folks. Look at what's happening in Chicago. Look what's happening in Baltimore. How about Washington, D.C.? Spitting distance from the White House. I got to hand it to him. Uh, Donald Trump went to Milwaukee, not far from the neighbor, neighborhoods. Any police riots are going on. They're not protesters, folks. Stop, stop calling them protesters. I, I'm so sick to death of calling them something that validates them. Trump says, I'm running to offer you a much better future. He's in West Bend, Wisconsin. Crime and violence is an attack on the poor and will never be accepted in a Trump administration. All these policies holding back minority neighborhoods, they're part of the rigged system held by Mrs. Clinton. She's pandered to them. She doesn't think you're smart. She doesn't think you can do better. She doesn't think that a, a hand out is not what's needed, a hand up. No, she's buying votes. She's always bought votes. She's never changed any black person's life. The political class that Mrs. Clinton has been part of for 30 years has abandoned the people of this country. They only care about themselves, he said. I'm going to give the people their voice back. He stressed that Mrs. Clinton, who has repeatedly sided with Black Lives Matter activists and against the police, was pushing a narrative that actually hurt minority communities. The problem in our minority communities is not that there's too much police, but that there are not enough police. Listen, the safest thing is to have police there. Police in, in these communities saves lives. And Hillary Clinton, make no mistake, she's against the police. Persistent high unemployment, inadequate education. You know why? Let me tell you why the, the education is inadequate. It's not lack of money, $14,236 per student. That's how much is spent. That's ridiculous. Somebody's got to ask the people in charge, how in the world? 14000 that's college tuition. And we can't make a dent. We feed them breakfast, lunch, and a, and a before-they-go-home meal. I guess they call that dinner, free of charge. Sub, substandard living conditions, blight inner-city neighborhoods. But black folks, you know what? They don't want to hear it. I know lots of black people. I'm friends with lots of black people. People hit me up every time that I say that, oh, yeah, that's what all races say. I'm sick of that. I have great, great black friends. They have to be conservative. A couple of them are, are actually somewhat liberal. They're in the middle, and they're coming this way. And I can tell you, they see through them. They see through Hillary Clinton. They see through Barack Hussein Obama. They see through the Democrat. And they and they say, listen, you're being, you, you are being, made a fool. You are a sucker. Don't believe it. Stop believing the lie. You keep believing a lie with no evidence over and over and over. Shame on you. 
Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, maybe three times, shame on me. Lie to me 17 times, shame, shame on me. The evidence is, is screaming. 99% of blacks in one poll siding with Hillary Clinton. We know she's a liar. We know she's she steals money from, from American people. We know that she gets American people killed. We know that she didn't accomplish anything at Department of State except for losing enormous amounts of money. Enormous. And people who support her, when you ask them, what did she do? Tell us what she accomplished. Well, she's the first uh, female ever to run for president. Get the nomination. She's historic. Well, we got to vote for her. That's historic. You know what? I, I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to tell you. We voted for a historic nominee. I didn't vote for him. Do you understand this, folks? I'm, I'm, I am. I'm trying to be fair to you, and I'm trying not to be offensive to you. I, I want to tell the political correct. I promise you that every time. The whole truth, nothing but the truth. Nothing nuanced. Nothing nothing put a certain way that makes it more palatable. No little part a lie. Little part the truth makes it more truth. I'm telling you, folks. I'm telling you. If you vote for this woman, and you're telling me this is the best woman that can be put up there for Democrats? This is this we're going to we're going to vote for this woman who is clearly not trustworthy. She's proven it over and over and over. You don't you don't look character and trustworthiness this is it. This, this is a central thing. Are they being honest with the voters? I can tell you Clinton has not been honest with the voters and voting for somebody like that. Well, I want to be part of history. Look where that's gotten us. Look where that's gotten us. I, I look, you know, we can disagree. We can disagree. We can. We can disagree. Sure, we can disagree. But I'm telling you, if you go in, if you go in with the attitude, you say election day, you know what? I'm sick of it. It's a corrupt system. It's bad. I've got somebody on uh Ed on on chat. I'm sorry I can't keep up with these long posts. I don't know how you can type that fast. Absolutely amazing, unless you're just copying and pasting. Kind of what it looks like to me, but okay, whatevs. We've moved on topic, I guess. Maybe not. 
if that's your thing and you say, man, I'm, I'm just not doing it. It's not history. It's not history we're, we're looking to do. We're looking to not make history that says we gave up our company, our country. We're looking to make history that says, you know what? I'm not going to give up the country. I'm not doing it. And if you honestly can't press the lever or the button or whatever the deal is that in your where you live for, for Donald Trump, vote conservative down the ballot all the way down. I don't agree with not not voting for the for the nominee. I don't. I'm not a dyed in the wool Republican, by the way. Anybody knows me knows knows that's the case. I have I have some libertarian bent. I you know, look. I'm not a dyed in the wool Republican, but this is what we got. Let's make him better. Let's get in the process and make him better. Let's make him a better candidate. Let's make him a great president. Let's make him make America great again. Here's the difference between what he's saying and what Clinton is saying. Number one, he loves America. Number two, I don't believe he's saying things to get votes. I believe he's saying what he believes. Do I think that we should stop uh, immigration right now? Absolutely. Not another person should cross the border. Legal immigration, as far as, uh, you know, people that we absolutely can vet and they have something to offer America, not just, you know, well, I have dreams. Screw that, pal. Keep your dreams the country you're in. What can you bring here? Can you speak English? Do you have a trade? What is it you can do? Have you been in trouble? Any kind of trouble? Because guess what? You've been in trouble. You don't get to come in. Muslims, that all should be stopped, folks. Hillary Clinton wants to, what, half a million people a year? Muslims? Why? Why? Look, we know that people don't act on the truth. They, they listen. They listen to the social media that goes around, especially in the black communities. They listen to that. Oh, man, he, he, a, a, a police officer shot. A Milwaukee police officer shot and killed one of our brothers. Seville Smith, he dead, he gone. And he ain't even have a gun. He ain't even have a weapon. His back was turned. You can't shoot nobody in the back that's unarmed. Well, now we find out that this guy with this massive rap sheet was, in fact, pointing a handgun illegally obtained, and he wouldn't drop it. And the police officer that actually knew him had to shoot him. So what do they do? Gunfire, riots, businesses and police cars, injuring police officers, chasing down white people and beating them senseless. Now Governor Scott Walker has called in the National Guard. We got to stop putting up with this mess. Clinton has repeatedly sided with the Black Lives Matter people. Repeatedly, folks. Why? Because she she doesn't believe for a minute that there's some injustice being done to black people. She doesn't believe that, folks. Come on. She wants the votes. 
She wants the votes. Look, I'm, I'm going to say something. If I were to pick a candidate, it wouldn't be Donald Trump. In other words, if I said, look, who, who am I going to have run for president of the United States? Who's it going to be? It wouldn't have been Donald Trump. Not on a bet it wouldn't have been Donald Trump. Not because I don't think he can do the job. I absolutely believe he can do the job. I have no doubt. I believe Donald Trump will go in and turn Washington upside down. I believe Donald Trump. I believe one of the reasons why the GOP hates him so much. I believe the reason why is because they know he's not going to be quiet. The power, the, the, um, the system that they have so dramatically abused for their own political power, accumulation of wealth and benefit, he won't stand for it. I don't believe he will. Christians are the second largest group of ref refugees in the United States. So far this year, 27,556 Christian refugees have entered the country, nearly as many as the number of Muslim refugees. 44% 2016's refugees were Christians. It's the first time that's happened. But refugees, folks, you need to understand, refugees in the United States, they're different from asylum seekers. People who claim asylum after already being in the United States, crossing into the United States via an airport or land border. One million immigrants. Well, let's just let them in. Let's just keep them here. Can we actually absorb a million people a year? Syria and Somalia, the two, they're, they're responsible for more than half of this year's Muslim refugees. The rest are from Iraq, Burma, Afghanistan and other Muslim countries. Do you understand that Muslim countries do not take them in because they, they fear they're, they're terrorists? Do you realize they go past countries that could easily absorb them? But they don't. They don't. Why? Why don't they want that? Why don't they want that? Why don't they want these people in their, in their country? I'm going to tell you what the tool of death used by the jihadi and the gangs and the Black Lives Matter crime gang syndicate communist bunch. I'm going to tell you what the tool that they use. And I'm going to tell you what the cause of death that they employ. And that's political correctness. How about, uh, we don't have many minutes left, Anjum Chowdhury. You guys have heard of Anjum Chowdhury. I've talked about him. I don't know how many times. He's awful. He's an awful person. Fiona Hamilton wrote about him August 17th, 2016, 12 1 a.m. in the Times. He's found guilty of terrorism offenses after signing an oath of an allegiance to the Islamic State and openly supporting its regime. In this country, we argue about 
Well, if a young person goes overseas and they, they serve in ISIS, but then they realize it was wrong or it wasn't what they thought, should we take them back and what should we do? How should we do that? You gotta be kidding me. You, you know what you do? You know what you do? You shoot them as terror, terrorist, treasonous pieces of crap. You shoot them, you put them out of our misery, and you'd be done with them. Unmarked grave. I don't care what you feed sharks. I don't care what you do with them. I don't care how you bury them. I don't care. Bullet in the cranium, off you go. You go and fight for ISIS in any way, shape, or form, gone. You out. You gone, you out. Look, this guy not only needs to be put in jail, Andrew Chowdhury, you've seen him on Sean Hannity. He's been on Sean Hannity a lot. He's on, he, he, he's disgusting. He's disgusting. It's called for the death of Pamela Geller, uh, all Jews, all gays. He funds terrorism. That's reality, folks. But he's been arrested. He should be executed. You say, man, you're not much of a preacher. You're talking about executing people. I, I'll happily handle it. Lord, I hope he's saved. Boom. But how does this all come about? How does it, how does it happen in a society like London and, and really Europe in general? Let's, let's not just say London. I know schools, Christian schools, who are trying to send their kids on a trip. Uh, they have a, a term uh, during the school year, and, and, and one of the things you can do is go on these trips that they, air quotes, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's, it's, it's a ministry trip, missions trip, but they're going to Europe. And they want to take these kids to France and England, London and all this stuff. It's ridiculous. Places falling apart. Young kids. Naive Christian kids. So why? How does this happen in London and Europe in general? To Look, in order to know, we have to look at the very public web of hatred. This, this preacher could speak unabashed, unashamed, unapologetic. He was like the who's who of Islamic terrorism. He's linked to 15 plots and 500 jihadis. Richard Spillett of Mail Online and uh, Ian Drury and Rebecca Camber, they wrote for the Daily Mail. This guy, uh, Anjum Chowdhury, he's at the heart of this international web of extremism. You say, well, in this country, we don't, you know, we don't take people in, into custody for, for their beliefs. We don't do that. This guy's calling for the murder of people. He was involved in the December 2001 shoe bomb plot, the ricin plot, dirty bomb plot, fertilizer bomb plot, 7-7 link, liquid bomb plot, Royal Bassett bomb plot, pipe bomb, Lee Rigby copycat murder, the uh, poppy seller beheading plot, Australian suicide plot, London stock exchange, toy car bomb plot, 49 years old. 
we we say, well, I don't know how this person was radicalized. They were so normal. I don't care how they're We just stop hearing this stupid stuff. They hide behind free speech rules and they say, well, I'm allowed to. We have free speech. Smarter than the police, smarter than the security services, smarter than the government. And hundreds and hundreds of men went in and killed th potentially thousands. Michael Adabolajo and Michael Adabolaway attacked uh, Lee Rigby. Remember the, the soldier, the, the uh, British soldier? Broad daylight. They attacked him with a meat cleaver outside barracks in Woolwich, uh, southeast London. He's 25 years old. He had served in Afghanistan, and he comes back. He's just trying to get him some lunch, and he gets killed gruesomely by these people. These people were supporters of Anjum Chowdhury. They were behind him. Oh, wait a second. That doesn't mean anything, right? If, if you're pictured behind somebody preaching a sermon or giving a speech, The, the father of the dude that killed 49 gay people, somehow or another, he managed, he managed to get behind Hillary Clinton. Chowdhury said, Adabola Joe was a practicing Muslim, a family man, and he was proud of him after he killed this soldier. He said, I didn't encourage him to kill him. Siddhartha Dar. New Jihadi John, after being named the prime suspect in the gruesome ISIS exam, uh, execution video. He was arrested with Chowdhury and Mizanur Rahman in September 2014. Scotland Yard was humiliated when the extremist now known as Abu Ramaisa skipped bail and slipped out of Britain. How do these people get bail? How do these people get bail? This isn't an issue of free speech. Not remotely. Not remotely. But let me tell you what, we're stupid people. And the folks in, in London, the folks in England, smarten up. I know you're smarter people. I know that you're smarter people than this. I know that you are. This guy was very clear on Jim Childray. He told you about the real Islam, not the, by the way, anybody else in chat, if you're having any trouble staying logged in, if you could just let me know, send me a message. Anybody out there that has my number, some folks are reporting that there's trouble uh, getting, staying on. And, and if you could just let me know, because that's something I can pass along to Blog Talk Radio, because it's not free to do this show. I pay for it and want to make sure everything is just right for you. You know, this guy, Anjum Chaudhry, while he's doing all these horrible things, I mean, they're horrible. I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind right now. The sad fact is we're paying for this man's jihad against humanity out of some feigned or misplaced guilt or obligation because we think it'll endear us in some way to those people who seek, what, what do we win in the hearts and minds of this guy? This guy doesn't have a heart and his mind is polluted. We, and look, I, I can't look at the British people and say, we're doing some, we're, you guys are doing some really stupid thing and you're in a vacuum. No, the Black Lives Matter here in America, we're coddling them. Hillary Clinton coddling them.
And the tool that they use, the tool of death for America, is the same tool, political correctness. We're This is the truth right now. We're paying our enemies to kill us. This guy spent his life attacking Britain, but he's claimed hundreds of thousands of dollars in benefits. $25,000 or £25,000 a year he receives in benefits from the people of, of England. Social benefits, 15,600 pounds a year in a housing benefit. So he can stay in his 320,000 pound house in Leytonstone, East England. And he says, hey, use the taxpayers, suck off of them, siphon their ability to use their tax dollars wisely. Call it the jihad seekers allowance. People will say, ah, but you're not working. The normal situation for you is to take money from the kufar, the non-Muslim. So we take jihad seekers allowance. You need to get support. He was asked one time how he justified living on benefits, to which he replied, they give us money, but we attack their system. If I'm given wealth, I take it. Black Lives Matter and that whole group, it isn't about justice. It's about taking more of your money and more of your freedom. The normal situation is to take money from the kufar, the non-believers. You work, give us the money. Allah Akbar, God is great. Hopefully there's no one from the DSS listening to this. When challenged on his speech, he said his rant had been misconstrued and that his jihad seekers allowance comment had been a mere joke. He's not the only one. Almost all of the terrorists who have committed these terrible crimes were getting money from the government. And if you think it's only happening, there in the UK, you would be wrong. And you know what? Most of these people, they act like they're all about uh, Islam and doing the right kind of Islam. These jihadis in training, they know so little about it. They're having to be given from Amazon, no less, massive orders of the Quran dummies. I kid you not. Massive orders. people that don't even know. They don't know anything about it. And yet, ISIS executes six people by boiling them in tar. They kill women brutally. They rape them. You know, they're so anti-gay, but it's the gayest culture ever. Let's stop being stupid, America. Let's 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 not allow political correctness to kill us. Let's stop with all this stuff. I don't want to hear it anymore. A 32-year-old European recruit who spoke on condition of anonymity said, I realized I was in the wrong place when they began to ask me questions on these forms like, when you die, who should we call? Dude was like, I don't like the sound of that. Those people should be dragged out into the public square and have a bullet put through their brain. They are traitors and they are of no value to the country. Don't like it all you want. Don't like it all you want. I myself, I'm going to be armed. I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to be alert. I'm not going to allow myself to fall asleep 
face of enemies who are sworn and are capable and are driven to kill me. We got to smarten up, people. We got to stop allowing this. Black olives matter. We raise a fuss. We allow them to raise a fuss. Black olives matter. Now, this these people that own this restaurant, Paisanos, traditional re regional Italian cuisine. Let's smarten up. Let's toughen up, America. It's time. Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www.drseangreener.com In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight.